Welcome to the Centerpoint Vineyard Podcast. We're a church on Sydney's northern beaches, seeing lives transformed by Jesus. We hope you enjoy this message. Today is the first of a four-part series that we're starting on the book of Psalms. Um, And so we're really looking forward to getting into that over the coming weeks. Um, So take a moment to think about how you personally would like to engage with the Psalms over the course of May and then I think into June, perhaps to mid-June. Um, So that could look like a range of different things. You might choose to read one psalm a day and meditate on that throughout the day, or you might choose to start your morning with a psalm and then finish with a different psalm and work through the psalms that way. Or you might just want to go all out and read all 150 psalms throughout the course of the six weeks. Um, Go for it. What are you thinking, Pete? I think I worked out uh, three, (laughs) 3.7, something like that. Um, So have a think about what you would find most helpful um, in terms of engaging with the Psalms over the next six weeks. Um, when it comes to the Psalms personally, I'm really looking forward to just jumping in and reading reading them um, intentionally. We did that, I think, before the birth of Blakely, actually, in the lead up. Um, every night we'd just read a Psalm aloud, um, knowing that they might pick up on that, perhaps. Um, and so also the same for this baby and for us. I think there's so much wonderful things in the Psalms. They're rich in theology, but they're also rich in emotion and honesty and wrestling with the Lord. Um, And they give us permission, they give us encouragement to actually just be who we are with the Lord, Um, to bring our feelings, to bring our thoughts, and just to be honest with him, which is always encouraging. Uh, The Psalms, they don't say deny your feelings. They don't say vent your feelings. They actually say, uh, come and pray your feelings to the Lord and process them uh, with him. And, you know, the incredible thing about that is as we're ourselves with the Lord, that's actually worship. It's real people living real lives, but actually inviting God in on that. And we're doing life with the Lord. And that's worship. That's worship is having that heart posture towards Jesus. And as we talked about before at Tenor Point, um, our heart is that we would all have that posture of hearts turned towards Jesus and seeing other people have their hearts turned towards Jesus as their center as well. <clears throat> so wherever we're at at the moment, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, wherever we're at, our prayer is over the next six weeks that um, in some way we can find the Psalms helpful um, in being honest with the Lord with where we're at and approaching the Lord and communicating with him. So, uh, and the other thing is don't just um, read the Psalms. I think sometimes it's easy just to think, you know, I'm going to set myself the goal to read 150 psalms in X amount of time and you just kind of flick through. But actually take time to stop and ponder them and study them because there is so much rich, richness to be found in the psalms as well. So this morning, uh, I want to just give us a brief little overview of the psalms and then I'm going to uh, spend just a bit of time looking at the psalms of Thanksgiving specifically and, um, and Psalm 116, which is a typical psalm of Thanksgiving. So that's the plan for this morning. So uh, a little bit of background on the Psalms. If you're anything like me when it comes to picking a movie on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever that is for you, um, I kind of do the whole, you know, you flip through and I'm thinking, no, not that one, definitely not that one. Oh, maybe that one. Yes, that one looks good. No, not that one. You know, I'm flicking through and then I have my watch list that I add the movies to and then I also have the ones that I clearly just gloss over because I'm not interested in watching those ones. And I think often 
when it comes to the Psalms, there are some that we just don't know what to do with them. And so it's easy just to gloss over them and kind of leave them in the too hard basket, but then really cling on to the ones that are lovely, that kind of sit nice, the ones that we really want to read. Um, but actually, um, every single Psalm has a purpose and has a place. And, and I think it's helpful to remember to read the Psalms in the context that they were actually written for, and then we can actually draw some wonderful things from them. The Psalms, you might not know this, were actually written over a number of centuries, so over a considerable amount of time, and they reflect the varying stages of Israel's history. And essentially, they became Israel's songbook. And so it's what they used when they gathered together um, for their feasts, their festivals, their religious ceremonies, and they would use those Psalms as their prayers. And in an oral culture, what was memorable was passed down. Uh, so singing was actually really crucial in passing down Israel's theology, their worship of God, and their history. And we kind of do a similar thing. If you think Christmas time, we pull out our Christmas carols and we sing the songs that communicate the story and the meaning and the message of Jesus. And we teach that to our kids so that they can learn that, that story as well. Uh, and also, in a similar way, when we gather on a Sunday and we sing together, songs help us embody our theology. Um, so they take our beliefs, our understanding of God, um, our theology, and they impress it on our hearts. And that's kind of what happens as we worship and we sing those truths um, of who God is. So how do we engage with the Psalms today? Uh, firstly, it's helpful to remember that there are genres of Psalms. Um, so I'll focus on Psalms of Thanksgiving today. In two weeks, Sam will look at Psalms of Confession. After that, Prue's going to look at Psalms of Lament. Of lament. And then Jonathan will finish with uh, Psalms of the Kingdom of God. <laughs> 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 not at all, not at all. But I'm looking forward to that week. Um, so there are lots of different genres, and th those four are just only some of the genres of psalms, but uh, there are different psalms for different purposes. Um, secondly, there are three things... I'm going to use this. Uh, three things that help us engage with the psalms. Uh, three things just to remember. Firstly, they serve as a guide to our worship and our prayer. So they give us words when we don't feel like we have the words, whether it's in a situation of discouragement or disappointment or pain or whether it's in a season of celebration or thanksgiving um, they give us words for those moments uh, they also demonstrate how we can relate honestly to God as I mentioned and they demonstrate the importance of reflecting and meditating on what God has done for us and they help us in that so Psalms of Thanksgiving so that's what I'm just going to focus on briefly this morning uh, these psalms express joy to the Lord uh, because people had reason to give thanks to God for his faithfulness, his goodness, um, his protection. And it's actually really interesting to note um, that the majority of Thanksgiving psalms in the Bible were actually normally written when someone was going through a really hard time. I think often we don't actually realise that, uh, but that's the majority of the Thanksgiving psalms were written when someone was in a hard place. And so... <clears throat> Essentially, the Thanksgiving Psalms are a response of thanksgiving to what the Lord has done in delivering someone from that hard place. And so for us, they can be really useful in you know, working through our own thoughts and feelings um, to reflect on the faithfulness of God shown over the years of our life. In 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, we read, um, "'Give thanks in all circumstances, "'for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus.'" Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
um, it's really important to note here that it says give thanks in, uh, in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, because there are some things that we don't need to be thankful for. Um, and I think that's just important to, to clarify that. But in reading that, um, give thanks in, but not for all circumstances, is a reminder for Thanksgiving to be one of the dominant themes of our existence. Um, being thankful in all circumstances. It's a constant strand that runs through our relationship with God. And I, when I think of that, I thought of Daniel, um, when there was a decree issued uh, that no one was to worship or pray to anyone uh, in, in, um, except King Darius. And I think it was for 30 days. It was a 30-day period um, where they were told not to pray to or worship to anyone. And Daniel's response was, three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. And so, despite the circumstances he found himself in, uh, Daniel was someone that, uh, where thanksgiving was a dominant strand in his life. Um, and so, he continued, as he always had done, praising the Lord. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 116. And I'm just going to spend the rest of the time this morning just having a look into this and, um, and drawing out a few applications for us. <coughs> All right, so... There are some typical elements of a Thanksgiving psalm, um, and these are some of them here. And you will find them in, in the majority of Thanksgiving psalms in the Bible. And we find, actually find them in Psalm 116 as well. So... Uh, firstly, um, you have the intro, uh, which is verse 1, and that's essentially a summary of how God um, has helped the person, why they're thankful. That's the intro. And so we see that in verse 1. It says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. So we have the intro. Then we have uh, the distress. So the situation from, what, from which God gave deliverance. And so we see that in verse 3, where the psalmist writes, The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. So that's the distress, the situation they find themselves in. And then we see the appeal. Um, so the request that they made for the Lord. And in Psalm 116, we see that in verse 4. He says, Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. And then next we have the deliverance. So this is the description of what God did to deliver the person from that situation. And we see that in a couple of verses, but verse 6, when I was brought low, he saved me. And then verse 8, for you, Lord, have delivered me from death. And then we have a testimony, uh, a word of thanksgiving for what God has done. And so here, a uh, couple of examples, verse 5, uh, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. And then normally there's a pledge. And this psalm is interesting because you actually have a, a pledge earlier on in verse 2. The pledge is like a renewed uh, vow to ongoing praise. So in verse 2, at the beginning of the psalm, he says, I will call on him as long as I live. Our ongoing praise. And then also, there's a few verses there, but for instance, verse 17, he says, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. So these are kind of six elements that you'll often find in the Thanksgiving psalm, and they can appear in any varying order. Um, yes. So let's continue on to Psalm 116. I want to note just three things from this psalm. Uh, and from general psalms of thanksgiving. So firstly, they invite us into a story of faith. 
secondly, they call us to go public with our thankfulness. And then thirdly, they guide us into a lifestyle of praise. So first of all, Psalms of Thanksgiving invite us into a story of faith. Now we have verse 1, I love the Lord for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for mercy. Uh, this is actually a really unique opening for a psalm. You don't normally see a psalm starting uh, with this. And that Hebrew word there, love, ahab, if that's how you pronounce it, um, it actually doesn't imply the emotion of love, um, but rather uh, it's a commitment of loyalty. I love the Lord. Um, and that's really interesting, a commitment of loyalty. And so this psalm begins by recognising and declaring reliance on God as the ultimate expression of loyalty and of faithfulness. And then we see in verse 2, uh, because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. And a covenant relationship with God was often marked by, well, was marked by um, uh, a mutual faithfulness to each other. And so in this psalm, the Lord showed himself faithful by hearing the cry of the psalmist. And the psalmist shows their faithfulness to the Lord by declaring once again their eternal commitment to the Lord. And he says, I'll call on him as long as I live. And so in response to God's goodness, one way of being thankful is to pledge our faithfulness to him by depending on him. And then we have verse 3. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. And so absolutely, we thank God uh, in the good times and in the good seasons, and we thank him for his many blessings um, and all the different things that you shared with each other earlier about what you're thankful for for this week. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, the Thanksgiving Psalms teach us that a big part of thanksgiving comes in response to God delivering us from hard places and hard situations. And that's what we see in the Bible. Um, now, this actually causes me to think more broadly about my thankfulness and how I offer thanksgiving to the Lord. Am I modelling to Blakely um, that thankfulness is not just saying to God, that was a really beautiful sunset, or whatever that, or whatever that might be, but actually that um, it plays an important part in our story of faith. And so, for instance, as Jonathan mentioned last weekend, um, the people that had been invited to come to Alpha um, were texting us saying, I've been sick all week, I'm just not sure if I'm going to be able to make it. And, um, and so I explained the situation to Blakely, and I said, this is what's happening. And, um, and so then we prayed together, and we called on the Lord together, and, and we waited in faith for the Lord's deliverance, essentially. And, um, and the Lord responded, which was wonderful, and so that those people did end up coming to Alpha. One came um, via Zoom, which actually worked really well. So that was wonderful. Um, but then we were able to thank the Lord together for his faithfulness, for hearing us, for responding to our cry. Um, and then also that, yes, his, his sunsets are beautiful. <laughs> um, but to, to show her and to be aware for myself that Thanksgiving um, actually invites us into that story of faith with the Lord. So a question to all of us this morning is, is where have we seen God's deliverance in our life recently. And sometimes we, we struggle to see the faithfulness of God because we don't actually invite him to impact specific situations. But when we ask him to impact specific things in specific ways, we actually get to see literally him respond and come to that situation and see his faithfulness. So where have you seen God's deliverance in your life recently and do we need to be more specific in the way that we approach the Lord? Uh, secondly, Psalms of Thanksgiving call us to go public with our thankfulness. And we see that several times uh, throughout Psalm 116. Verse 5, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God 
is full of compassion. And we would probably just gloss over this verse and not really think twice about it, but it's actually really interesting that it says, our God. Um, there's a sense of um, a corporate conversation taking place. And most Psalms were actually written to be used in a corporate setting as people gathered together, which is interesting because I think often these days, um, our reading of the Psalms and our own personal prayers of confession or lament or thanksgiving often actually happen individually in our own times with the Lord. Um, but most of the Psalms were written for public settings. Uh, and in the case of this Psalm, part of the function of thanksgiving is to testify to others, to share the stories of God's faithfulness and to share our thanksgivings. So then we have further on in verse 14 and again in verse 18, the psalmist says, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And then he goes on to say, verse 19, in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst, Jerusalem. So once again, a really a sense of corporate uh, thanksgiving. Um, it's a public setting. Talking about the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Paul writes, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part rejoices or is honoured, every part rejoices with it. And so being part of God's family uh, together means that we suffer with each other, um, we show compassion to each other and empathy, we carry each other's burdens. But also being part of God's family means that we celebrate with each other, um, we are thankful with each other. And... You know, when we're part of standing alongside someone in their moment of distress um, and when we call upon the Lord with them in faith and see God respond, uh, we benefit from being part of that story. We benefit from hearing the stories of what the Lord's doing in our midst. And so some encouragement for us from this psalm is to continue to grow in being a family who intentionally share in each other's thanksgivings. And that's why church is so important. Um, you know, this is not just a personal walk with the Lord. Um, it was always meant to have corporate expression. And we are a body, and I can't emphasise that enough. And I think sometimes that is a little bit countercultural, but it's deeply, deeply biblical for us to be family together in that way. So how great would it be for us if, as we're having coffee on a Sunday morning or coffee during the week, um, we're sharing stories of Thanksgiving um, and, and we're you know, sharing those statements of our God is together. Um, but also inviting each other in to stand with us in those moments where we are crying out to the Lord for deliverance from a situation that we're in um, and being bold enough to invite people in to that moment with us, to pray with us, to stand with us and to wait in faith and see what the Lord wants to do and then thank the Lord together. Um, so have a think about what it could look like for you to go more public in your thanksgiving, what it would look like to go more public in your thankfulness to the Lord. And then just the last one that I want to pull from Psalm 116 is Psalms of Thanksgiving guide us into a lifestyle of praise. Now, if you look at the end of the psalm, the last three words are praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, and the last five psalms in the whole Psalter, the whole book of the psalms, are classic Thanksgiving psalms. And they actually start with this phrase and they finish with this phrase as well. Um, and everything else is sandwiched in between. So it's initial declaration um, reiterated in a final conclusive statement that stands as an ongoing commitment to the Lord, that I will continue to ongoingly praise the Lord. I will engage in a lifestyle of praise. And what's really interesting here is um, that word praise is actually written as an imperative, a command, 
And, you know, we might kind of think, oh, a command to, to praise, regardless of whether we feel like it or not, might seem a little bit insincere. Uh, <clears throat> but actually reminds us that praise is not about our feelings. Um, it's about God's character and what he's done and how entirely worthy he is of our thanksgiving um, and all our praise. And so in some ways, praise is almost a little bit like a muscle memory. Uh, we need to choose to work it sometimes, um, especially in those times where we might not actually feel like it. But as we lean in and as we develop that muscle memory, um, that overflows into a lifestyle of praise. I visited a Bible college in India a number of years ago, and rather than use the customary um, greeting that most people would use in India, so the Hindu uh, namaste, which is totally incompatible with Christianity, uh, they would use uh, the phrase praise the Lord whenever they started a conversation with someone and then finished or greeted someone and farewelled someone. They would start with and finish with praise the Lord. And I loved that. Um, and so every... Um, so there was a sense that in everyday conversation, they were building up their praise muscles, essentially. Um, and it just became a part of everything that they did. Praise the Lord throughout the day. So one more question to pose to us this morning. As part of our thankfulness to God, how are we intentionally renewing our commitment to engage in a lifestyle of ongoing praise? You know, is it writing out prayers of thankfulness and putting them up on our mirror that we read every day? Is it being really intentional about popping uh, messages in our prayer huddle WhatsApp, um, sharing uh, things that you've been thankful for in your week? Um, what could that be? Uh, how could we grow our praise muscle, so to speak? Now, when we look at Psalms 116, just in a little bit of a, a recap, um, our, our take-homes today were that <clears throat> Psalms of Thanksgiving invite us into a story of faith. They call us to go public with our thankfulness and they guide us into a lifestyle of praise. Um, now you see that as you read through the Psalms, there is so much to draw from them. Um, and so as I said to begin with, take time to actually read through them, study them, um, pause as you read them and say, okay, what is that really saying to me? What can I take from that verse? Um, because there's so much rich richness to be gained from them. Uh, so we're looking forward to Sam carrying on with the Psalms in two weeks' time, uh, and he'll look, as I said, at Psalms of Confession. Um, but yeah, also think about how you'd like to personally engage with the Psalms over the next six weeks and what that could look like for you. And I hope you enjoy that journey with us. Um, so I'm going to press pause there. I hope that's been helpful looking a little bit at a Psalm of Thanksgiving um, and what we can take out of that. But... Um, why don't we, I'm just wondering if you guys want to come up and if we just sing through that second song we did today. Um, just reading over the words, it was, it was almost, it was, there was a lot of elements of a Thanksgiving psalm in that and I thought that was really spot on and perfectly timed for today. So why don't we just sing over this, um, through this song again and just be thinking of uh, the faithfulness of the Lord in our life um, and what it means to offer up Thanksgiving to the Lord. You've been listening to the Centerpoint Vineyard Podcast. To connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or by visiting our website, www.centerpointvineyard.org. The theme song for this podcast is Highest Praise by Kieran Delhart. So we sing.